0: Get ready! Hello and welcome to College Talk. I'm your host, Beth Brandon, and I'm so glad that you are virtually here and listening with me today. So this is the fourth and final episode in our small series on productivity, uh, titled Productivity Isn't Perfect. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited um, to talk about what we're going to talk about today, leaving it, you know, a little bit in the dark, a little mysterious. Um, I am excited to talk about this today with with you because a lot of times when I talk about it with students, in terms of you know what productivity should be and things that really help you to be more productive and keep things together and organized this one usually surprises students Uh, it takes people a little bit you know back and they're like what so I, i really like uh chatting about this because i i think um it's really important but not a lot of people think about it, so um, that's what we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. But I'm I'm actually excited. Uh, I've got some announcements first that I'm I'm really pumped for. Um, as always, the first one is going to be hey. Our website is uh, https uh, colon backslash backslash podcastcollegetalk dot com. Uh, on there, we have a ton of free resources. You can reach out to me. Um, you can also email me at podcast. At or podcastcollegetalk at gmail.com, um, but the website does have some really cool resources and information, um, so please use that. Uh, any you know counselors or college advisors listening, there are definitely resources on there that you can use um, for yourself and for your students, and um, I would be absolutely happy if you use those. Please just let me know if you use them, uh, and if they're working for you, and if they're not working for you, um, please tell me that as well, because I will update them. Um, or try to fix them so they do work. I'd love a little feedback on that. Uh, also, last but not least, if you're listening to this podcast on Spotify, please uh, follow us. If you're listening on uh, Apple Podcasts, if you could, uh, you know, rate it, maybe make a comment, subscribe if you'd like. Um, That just helps us to get found a little bit more. If you're listening on another thing that's not CastBox, uh, if there's a way you can like it or thumbs up it or whatever, I'd love that too. And if you're listening on CastBox, yeah, please subscribe there um, and and follow me and and hear more information about um, getting into college and also uh, doing well and staying in college. That's that announcement, by the way. So my second announcement, and I'm really excited about this. I've been teasing it a little bit each episode. Um, I am really excited. I'm having a guest on. I will be taking a break for Thanksgiving. Uh, and then the next episode after that, uh, airing in early December, I will be meeting, um, with Dr. Shamasian from, uh, Shamasian Academic Consulting and some of the things that they do are um, medical school admissions college admissions grad school things mcat mcat excuse me tutoring um, and and i'm i'm just really excited about it for nearly 20 years uh, Shabassian uh, academic consulting they have been helping thousands of students get into medical school and top colleges. Uh, it's a whole approach, and uh, Dr. Shamasin is gonna come on to this podcast, and we're gonna talk about that, so you can use this as a resource and get connected further to that um, that organization, and and um, Dr. Shamasin just seems really cool. I'm, I'm genuinely nervous. Uh, I'll be interviewing him before this episode comes out. So uh, by the time this episode comes out, I'll be relieved and probably in awe. Um, But I'm I'm still pumped. Um, So just a little quick background. So you all know Dr. Shamasian received his Bachelor's of Science in Human Development from Cornell University. Um, And then despite graduating from Cornell with a 3.9 GPA uh, as a pre-med student, Dr. Shamasian's interest in mental health led him to complete his PhD in clinical psychology at UCLA. Um, so throughout his education and beyond, Dr. Shamasian successfully guided students into top colleges, medical schools, and graduate programs, and has found his professional calling in helping others achieve their educational and career goals. So what's really cool, uh, and I, I the reason I'm so nervous, is that um, A, Dr. Shmazi, seems so cool. Um, And, you know, the work that he's doing is obviously something that I feel is really important. Um, But his expertise has also been featured in various media outlets, uh, including like the Washington Post and Business Insider. And he's also been invited to speak at Yale and Stanford and UC Berkeley and, and a bunch of other prestigious institutions about various aspects of the admissions process. So obviously I'm like, little old me in my podcast. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. Um, I will be, um, hopefully able to provide you all with a link. I will be able to, I will in the show notes, I'll have a link that'll allow you to go and check out Dr. Shamasian's full bio. Um, so you can learn a little bit more before, uh, the next episode airing in early December. Um, so that's that's like the huge big announcement that I've been teasing, and i'm I've been really excited about so um, I hope you all uh will will listen with me and enjoy that um so yeah, um okay, if you haven't noticed yet we're we're diving into the episode now this is we're done with the announcements it was just those two um and I guess technically the one about Thanksgiving, and that I will be <laughs> not uh. Doing something for the the, the next uh, couple weeks, so um, you may have noticed a difference in sound quality. Uh, moved back in July, so if we're talking about productivity and efficiency, not necessarily using it here. I finally gotten my my microphone out, um, and and really, uh, I'm going to try and create more of a space for podcasting um, and to to really get back into it. Um, moved back in July, things were just uh, a kerfuffle um, and so we we have this spare bedroom that my fiance has been using from an office as he's been working from home and so, uh, originally the game plan was to have a guest room so family could come and visit or friends, um, and, and get a, a bed and and all that stuff. And so, um, this is we're just diving in, diving into all the personal plans. But you know, that's we're we're friends here on, on on college talk. Um, and so we've recently decided that, uh, you know, in times of the pandemic, that's not really happening a ton. Um, we've got, you know, an air mattress option. Sorry to any guests who come in. And that's what we're going to go with. Um, and, and we're going to go ahead and, and uh, morph it from just his office into our office. And each have workspaces. And so I'm getting all my things out as we're starting to craft that and build that. Um, so that, that uh, I've got more of a professional space to work on this outside of um, that as well. Because I'm not work from home. Um, and it's also really helpful because he... Uh, works out of the office. And so when he has to um, do homework, because he's also taking classes, busy bee, um, when he has to do homework for those classes or work on different projects, it's not super fun to sit in the same room that you've been sitting in all day. So he likes to work out in different spaces Um, And then if I'm trying to record a podcast, it it can create, you know, just some back and forth issues. So this will allow us to kind of switch gears and provide him a better space for rest outside of the room that he works in. And that's actually a fantastic transition. And I'm hoping he doesn't mind me using him as an example of what we're going to be talking about today. And no, it's not desk organization. Nope. It is rest. We're going to be talking about Rest And how those second winds, they don't equal winds. A second wind is sort of that last ditch resort, right? We don't even want that. We want to be so well rested that we don't need to catch a second wind in the afternoon or, you know, drink eight coffees just to get through the day. That's not helping us get Anywhere, so we're going to be talking about rest in all forms, and just so you know, those forms today are going to be number one, sleep. We're going to be talking about sleep. I probably will yawn throughout this episode. Um, I'm a big yawner. I don't know. I'm doing it right now. Okay. Normally, I edit them out, but I'm going to leave them in because I've done a bad job uh, sleeping this weekend. I fell asleep on the couch last night, and then I didn't get any good rum sleep. So you're going to hear me yawn a lot. Um, so we're going to talk about sleep. Uh, number two is going to be recharging in an active way. And then we're going to be talking about number three, which is recharging in a passive way. And then number four is just finding joy. And so let's dive in. Let's start with uh, number one sleep. So I'm one of those people, or I was, who was like, six hours, that's enough for me. I'm so fine. Like, I'm good. And uh, earlier this year, I, or sorry, not earlier this year, at my last job, I used to talk to students. I can't believe it's been so long. Um, I would talk to students and I would say, you know, see how much sleep they were getting if they were having trouble focusing in class or focusing on homework. And, you know, a lot of times it'd be four or five hours a night. Um... And one thing that you know I, I realized was okay. I'm telling students that they need to get more sleep, but I don't know why. So uh, through um, through um, a, a, a website, a company called Future Learn, you can take different classes um, to help you gain more information and do different things. Education. Um, So I've taken a class on social media marketing. Uh, I took a really interesting one on some biological anthropology because it's something that I still have an interest in. And most recently, um, one that I took was a University of Michigan-based course on the importance of sleep. And um, so I'm going to be referencing uh, information from that. I'm also going to be referencing information from uh, the Cleveland Clinic, uh, Harvard and then um, also uh, sleepfoundation dot org, um, and so we're going to be talking uh, yeah about a lot of that. Like I said, I always try to have sources, so I'll actually put all the links to those. Um, in there. I can't link the future learn course. It is a part of U of M's teach in. So you might be able to find it through their website. I will look and see if I can find it to put it in the show notes. Um, Cause I learned a lot and it was very educational for me. And then of course um, I chatted about that with my students and hopefully they found it educational as well. So Uh, here's from Cleveland clinic. I really want to talk about this. This is how much sleep you actually need by age group. So we're going to start uh, at the top and work our way down. So older adults. So folks who are 65 years or older, they only need about seven to eight hours of sleep a night. All right, cool. Adults who are 26 to 64 years old need seven to nine hours every night. Uh, which is the same for young adults, so 18 to 25 years, seven to nine hours. So probably seven's on the lower end. Nine is, you know, eight or nine is probably more the sweet spot, right? That's how I would, That's how I'm reading the scale. Teenagers, years 14 to 17, they need uh, eight to 10 hours of sleep every night. And school-age children, 6 to 13 years, need 9 to 11. Preschool children, 3 to 5, need 10 to 13 hours of sleep a night. Wow. Toddlers, one to two, 11 to 14 hours. Infants, four to 11 months, 12 to 15 hours, and then newborns, zero to three months. Those little guys need 14 to 17 hours of sleep. I wish, right? Um, so, so that's, that's super important. And we're going to hear about this from the Harvard study as well. So we're hearing it a couple places, but from Cleveland Clinic, um, There's also evidence that genetic, behavioral, and environmental factors help determine determine how much uh, sleep an individual needs for their best health and daily performance. Um, For us older older folks, you know, 18 and above, a minimum of seven hours of sleep is gonna be like bare minimum. You gotta do that. Um, But one thing that's really interesting is uh, development can be really important. So for little kids who aren't getting enough sleep, that can really impact their development. Um, some of the short-term problems, uh, that can happen if you're not getting enough sleep is obviously, um, lack of alertness. So even, they say missing as little as one, one and a half hours, uh, can impact how you feel. Um, you can obviously be super sleepy during the daytime. Um, it can impact your ability to think, remember, and process information. And, and Harvard really echoes this. It comes from a theory that we're going to talk a little bit more called, um, brain plasticity theory and why, as a theory of why we need sleep. Um, and that one's really important because if you think back, um, to previous conversations, um, or if you know, you've watched anything by college info geek, some of the things that they really talk about are memory and recall. And if you aren't getting enough sleep, the ability to focus, to, uh, access or pull in that information is reduced. The ability to remember that information is reduced and then the ability to recall that information is even further reduced. And, um, one thing they talk about in, I believe it's the Harvard study is, um, if, if you are not getting enough sleep, um, so, um, in the Harvard study, they talk about how, uh, your neurons may not fire optimal optimally, and then that could impact your recall. So, uh, we're going to talk about a whole host of other things that can happen if you're not sleeping, but just a few things like one of the big things for all my folks who are in college or who are in high school is that it's just going to impact how well you can learn and how good you're going to be able to do in school. So one really easy way to help yourself do better is to just get enough sleep. You'll actually be able to pay attention in class. Potentially there are other factors obviously that influence attention, but that could be a good start in the right direction. Um, Another thing is it can cause relationship uh, stress by making you feel moody um maybe you know people say you're feeling cranky, you know being cranky is never fun um and you can actually potentially have more conflicts with other people because of that uh dropped or negative mood um you might become less likely uh, motivated i guess to want to participate in different things so whether that's going out and hanging out with friends or maybe it's you know doing exercise or maybe it's doing activities you enjoy like reading or playing video games maybe you're too tired to do that if you ever have one of those days where you're just like I don't want to do anything I just want to like scroll through TikTok or just like I don't know go on my Twitter or whatever I don't I don't know if younger folks use Twitter um I hope so because it's There's some really great comedians out there, but um, that, you know, if you're in that position, I'd say, hey, try taking a a nap or try going to bed earlier that night Um, because it can sometimes just impact your ability to want to do those things. And then um, one thing they talk about is the greater likelihood for getting into a, a car accident. Um, I think we've, we've probably all heard, um, if you don't get enough sleep, the way your brain functions can sometimes be almost identical to being, uh, impaired by alcohol or drug use. And so, um, being sleepy to the point of not being able to operate a large metal flying down the road, uh, thing can be really dangerous, right? So, um, There are a lot of, I think it's one of the Harvard, again, the Harvard Sleep Study talks about a bunch of different things that have been linked to people having sleep, including um, one thing that I found really interesting was um, in medical situations. Uh, So this is a direct quote. Uh, A 2004 study led by Dr. Charles Seisler of the Division of Sleep Medicine at Harvard Medical School, and that's where this, this Uh, it's part of the school that this article is coming from, um, found that hospitals could reduce the number of medical errors by as much as 36%, which is terrifying that that's happening. That at such a great rate that you can reduce it by that much. Um, By limiting an individual doctor's work shifts to 16 hours and reducing the total work schedule to more than 80 hours per week. And, I mean, there's a ton of stats in this article about traffic, uh, crashes and and things like that, um, that happen because people are, um, tired. So, uh, another direct quote, the Institute of Medicine estimates based on recent high quality naturalistic and epidemiologic studies that drowsy driving is responsible for fully 20% of all motor vehicle crashes. So that's another direct quote from the, uh, sleep performance and public safety, um, article that I'll be posting in the show notes. I mean, that's intense, right? So sleep, sleep really matters in so many ways. Uh, so, so, so many ways. So let's, let's focus a little bit more on the learning aspect of that because you know what? No, let's back up a little bit further. Let's talk about why we need sleep. Obviously the those reasons that I gave hopefully are good, but let's look a little bit into the theories that people uh, have of like why we actually sleep, like how to start? So the first one is inactivity theory. And the idea behind this one is that um, it's like a safety thing. Uh, we slept at night because then we were still and quiet and we were less noticeable by predators and so it kept us safer. That's, that's the gist of the inactivity theory. They do have a counter argument. Uh, this is again through Harvard um the the counter argument is that it's always safer to remain conscious in order to not be attacked sure absolutely so so this you know this theory doesn't really seem to be a good one the next theory that people have looked at is the energy conservation theory Um, and they mentioned that because we live in societies in which food resources are are plentiful um, but not for every person right so this this may ring more true to, to some than others Um, but the idea behind this is our metabolism is reduced during sleep. Um, and so you're not using as much, uh, calories. And so if you have a lower food source or your meals are not necessarily as easy to get, um, one thing that I would think about is like bears and hibernation, right? They sleep, so they use less of the fat that they've stored. Um, that's why we started sleeping because then we have a period of the day where we're not, you know, we don't need as many calories, um, that's the idea behind that one. Um, they don't really talk about this one being disproved. Um, some evidence that does support it, uh, at least the metabolism thing. So take what you will from that. The last two are a little bit more um, supported by data. The, the, the next one is called the restorative theory or theories. Um, basically, the idea is that it, it serves to restore what is lost while we're, you know, awake and we're doing stuff, right? Um, so you get to kind of rest and heal. Um, they use the word rejuvenate. Um, and, and they have gained some empirical evidence um, in different studies, which is kind of cool. So um, if th- this one's really intense, the, 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 the study that's had maybe the most impact or the, given the most data is that animals that are totally not allowed to sleep, like they don't get any sleep, They can lose immune function and die in just a matter of weeks, which is terrifying, right? Um, You know, it's 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 scary and sad for those animals. Um, So there's also studies and findings of major restorative functions, so like muscle muscle growth, muscle uh, muscle growth, tissue repair, um, protein synthesis. And, um, growth hormone, growth hormone, I can't talk tonight. Uh, and one thing they talk about in a different thing, um, for why we should sleep. And I think that that's from that Cleveland, um, the, uh, Cleveland clinic is, um, that growth hormone could be collagen, which helps your skin be smoother. So, um, the less sleep that you have, uh, potentially the more wrinkles you're going to have. So if that's something that is, you, you know, don't necessarily want, then making sure you get a lot of good sleep could help uh, prevent some of those wrinkles. Um, so they, you know, they also look at, at the idea of rejuvenating or refreshing or restoring cognitive function. So, um, while this gets into a bunch of science that, you know, I, I feel a little out of depth and I could definitely read it to you, but I think it'd be good to read for yourself. Maybe look a little bit up, but from, uh, as far as I can say, um, is that when, when you're awake, your neurons create a chemical, um, adenosine, I'm not sure if that's correct. Basically that chemical can be linked to making you feel tired. And so as your neurons produce it throughout the day, you get more and more tired. Um, so that could just be something, I guess the idea is that caffeine is something that blocks that. So that's why we maybe don't feel quite so tired when we have caffeine. Um, but Once you're asleep, you have the opportunity to clear it is sort of the idea behind that. So there's some evidence um, that shows that it is really restorative, and it's something that we need to um, heal ourselves and to reset ourselves into a healthy, I'm going to say stasis. The last one is the brain plasticity theory. And uh, this one, I guess, is one of the more recent theories. Harvard says it's the most compelling Um, and basically, it focuses on the way our brain is organized and the way it works and the structure and all that stuff. So, it's not entirely understood, which I think makes sense because we only use like a certain tiny percentage of our brains. So, the fact that we don't understand the full brain seems to make a lot of sense to me. But basically, the idea is, um, Sleep plays a critical role in brain development. This is a direct quote um, from this, this study, and this one is, well, not study from this article, and this article is titled Why Do We Sleep Anyway? Um, but with this one, uh, here we go with this one, um, sleep plays a critical role in brain development in infants and young children. So again, they talk about that 13 to 14 hours a day sleeping. Um, and a lot of that is in your REM sleep. Um, and that is the stage that most of your dreams occur. So, um, they also talk about how they're starting to see stuff in, um, adults as well. And again, this one, I've seen this repeated over and over again, also in the U of M study, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, The lack of sleep has an impact on people's ability to learn and also to perform a bunch of tasks. Um, So we're going to talk about that, the learning piece a little bit right now. So um, basically not getting enough sleep is going to impact a ton of stuff. And I talked about the learning, the you know, remembering and then being able to recall later on the way they describe that as acquisition, which is the introduction of new information into the brain. And this is a direct quote from sleep, learning and memory, that article. And then they talk about consolidation, which for me is like that read that that memory thing. Right. It is um, they say it's it's it represents the process by which a memory becomes stable. And then the last one is recall. And that is being able to get that information and use that information and pull that information out of your memory stores, we're going to call them, right? So, um, you have to have all three of those things in order to have a functional memory, um, process. It's not just the recall that counts for memory. It's being able to get the information, store it, and then recall it. It's a system, basically. Memory is like a system rather than, uh, a one thing. So, um, there's research that suggests that that consolidation piece happens during sleep. Um, so one thing that I always like to think about is something called the forgetting curve. And this has been around since like the 1800s. Um, essentially, the idea is um, as soon as you learn something, you start to forget over time. And the further the time is, the more steep the curve is, the like the less you'll remember it. And that leads into this thing called spaced repetition where uh, you let yourself kind of start to forget a little bit, then you restudy the thing. And then eventually the memory curve flattens out so that you don't forget things as easily. And a big thing of that is having time and space in between them. And what I'm starting to learn with these articles and learning more about sleep is that if you don't allow yourself to have proper sleep, that forgetting curve, that spaced repetition might not work because you're not able to then consolidate that information into a place where you can then recall it from later. So again, this is the thing with cramming the night before a test and why it doesn't work and why all-nighters aren't super helpful at a certain point where you don't have enough sleep or where you're not getting sleep. Your brain's not able to consolidate that. It might not even be able to introduce it to your brain, much less be able to recall it later. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Um, I don't want to harp too long on sleep because uh, we're already at a half an hour, and I really want to focus a little bit more on the different recharges and stuff like that. So the U of M sleep study, the last thing I want to talk about is circadian rhythms. And this one, I think, is going to be really important to touch on because um, it's important for your health. So um, your circadian rhythm is essentially, in, in this information, the basic overview of what a circadian rhythm Um, is and what it affects besides sleep is from the sleepfoundation.org. But then also some of this information is what I got from that course from U of M. So your circadian rhythm is essentially an internal clock. Uh, and it, 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 um, it's tied to a ton of stuff, metabolism, all sorts of thing, um, things. And, and, uh, basically behind that it's, it's the thing that Uh, is running in the background. This is how they describe it to carry out essential functions and processes. So, um, one of the things that your circadian rhythm does is your sleep-wake cycle and people think, you know, it can be sometimes impacted by the rising and falling of the sun, um, but also just by, uh, schedules that you get into. So one of the things that the U of M study talked about were folks who worked, um, third shift. So your circadian rhythm is not on with the rising and falling of the sun. So you're sort of battling against its natural instincts. Now, um, one thing I didn't know and that I learned from this UVM study is that each of our organs has their own circadian rhythm clock, um, or a biological clock. And they all work to mimic that um, first one. So if that the or that the main circadian rhythm, right? So if that's out of whack, then all of your organs can get out of whack and that can lead to um, health problems. And some things that they talk about at the sleepfoundation.org um, are um, metabolism. So weight through the regulation of blood sugar and cholesterol. So not weight as in like, you know, you exercise and you do well and everything and and you're totally perfectly healthy, but maybe you're heavier than what the, the societal norm is. Not that it's, it's, um, like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, potentially like diabetes, things like that. Um, and that would be coming through like the circadian rhythm getting impacted or messed up. Um, they also talk about there could be an influence, um, if your circadian rhythm is not in line with depression, um, bipolar, uh, as well as some neurodegenerative, neurodegenerative diseases, um, like Alzheimer's and dementia. Um, they also talk about a bunch of other stuff with DNA repair that I don't, you know, again, read the article. I'm going to put it right down in the show notes. Um, and they mention also cancer as well. So, um, it's, it's really interesting um, to think that this, this system of just waking and falling asleep can be so impactful to all of the systems in, in your bodies. So um, sleep is really important for a multitude of reasons, more than just can you learn what you're learning in class, but also are you going to be healthy um, and happy later on down uh, the road. So let's talk about Thing number two, and that is actively recharging. And what I mean by actively recharging is like, this one's all about having fun. It's about um, getting outside and maybe if you're into sports, playing baseball or um, throwing a Frisbee around or maybe going for a run or walking your dog or going out and dancing with your friends, right? This is the fun, you're active, you're doing things that energize you and that you find um, exciting. So it's not necessarily rest in that. You're not using your body or using any energy, but it's rest in refilling your, um, cup of, you know, we'll say endorphins, you know, right. It's, it's giving you that serotonin. It's giving you, you're using your body in a way that's making you happy, which is filling your cup in one way, maybe not necessarily filling your rest cup, but it is filling your happiness cup. Right. So, um, Making sure that you're taking time to actively recharge. And maybe it's with friends. Maybe it's going on a run by yourself to just get some of that stress out. Whatever that is, whatever that active recharge is, make sure that you're making time for that for yourself throughout your week. Um, that has adjusted for me in, in more ways than one. Um, sometimes it's, it's going for a walk. In the winter, do you know what I like to do? Zumba because mm-hmm, I don't want to go outside because it's nasty and it's cold and you can all laugh and go Zumba. But Beto knows what he's doing. The music is catchy and I I look weird, but I'm by myself in my house dancing and it's it I, I laugh at myself. I'm laughing at myself. So I'm A, getting exercise and doing that endorphin thing, but I'm having fun. Um, and if I have friends who do it with it or if my fiance does it with me and we both look weird, then we're laughing with each other at each other. And it becomes this really fun, energetic moment of like joy. And that's really awesome. So finding those activities that bring you joy. Um, it can also be going outside and going for a walk. It could be going for a run. It could be doing yoga and stretching and like having your cat, you know, come up next to you or your dog and also kind of like stretching as you're stretching. And you're like, that's super cute. And that fills you, whatever that is, let it be that thing. The third one, these are going a little bit quicker than sleep because they seem a little more straightforward. The third one is recharging in a passive way. And these are all about slowing down. Now, I think passive is not necessarily the most joyful of moments. One thing I wanna talk about that's really important for recharge um, or can be um, in a passive way is talking to someone. Or utilizing a therapy or counseling service, um, getting those things out that may be weighing you down, or bogging you down, or keeping you from recharging is really important. If you are at a high school or you're at a college campus, um, there are probably counseling resources around. If you're not, I you know I would highly recommend to reach out to community foundations um, or other organizations, health. Um, local health departments, and see if there are counseling and affordable therapy options, Um, because having an outlet and having someone to talk to is incredibly important um, when you need to recharge. I always like to be really upfront, um, and and, I've used therapy um, multiple different times. I'm not always in it. I'm not in it right now. But there are things that happen in your life that are really important to talk about and process with someone, and, you know, if, if it's something like grief, sometimes you can't process that with your family if they're also grieving. And so having someone who is a neutral, safe third party, just to talk about that feeling of grief without feeling like you're burdening someone can be really important. Same thing with stress. I know there's a lot of folks who feel like they can't talk about their stress because their friends are also stressed. And so having a therapist or a counselor is really important to do that. There's a whole host of other uh, th- you know, things that are really important with mental health. Um, the, the quickest thing to think about is if you broke your arm and it hurt and you couldn't use it and it was impacting your life in a negative way, you would go and see a doctor. If something is impacting your mental health and it's making you feel like your life is being impacted in a negative way, go see someone to help you with that as well. Just yeah, don't don't feel bad about it. You would do that if you you know hurt yourself or felt sick or something like that. If something is impacting your life in a negative way, and it has to do with your mental or physical health, it's important to go see someone. Um, and that's actually a good thing. With sleep, there are so many things around it. I am not a sleep expert. All of that to say, if you're having trouble sleeping go see someone. There's tons of ways you can do that with sleep studies or with doctors, things like that. Again, if you are looking at different medical costs and that is a concern, reach out to you know your local department of health and see if they have resources for folks. Um, maybe universities will be able to help you by doing sleep studies with um, students in their medical programs or things like that. So I would say always reach out. The worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to be kind of where you already are. Um, but the best thing that's going to happen is that you can have pool results. So looking for things and researching things gives you power because it gives you the option of choice. So with the passive recharge, talked about therapy and things like that, but also taking time to slow down. So I mentioned yoga for the active recharge. Yoga can also be a great thing for passive recharge. Um, Meditating, reading a book, painting, doing slower things that allow you to sit with yourself and process and remove yourself from the high energy hustle and bustle that can be happening so often in our lives and, and is most of the time doing a puzzle. Uh, I've been doing a lot of puzzles recently. Well, I've been doing two puzzles that have taken me a long time recently. Um, and you know, and, and it's really nice to just throw on, uh, like a YouTube video with like a fireplace sound or maybe like a rain sound and some calming piano or jazz music and just sit there and, and work on this puzzle and let myself zone out for a little bit, not have one million thoughts swirling around in my head. It's awesome. It's great to help me feel way more calm before I go to bed so I can actually fall asleep, which is, as we've learned, is important. Um, so make sure that with the, the passive recharging that you're, you're doing things that let you slow down. And finally, the last one, number four, is finding joy. Um, whether it's that passive res- uh, the passive recharge or the active recharge, make sure that you're doing things that bring you joy. I think all too often we fall into the trap of saying yes because we feel like it's our duty, or because we feel like we have to make sure that we are pleasing other people. And it is really important to remember that this is your life, and you are entitled to find times of joy. And yes, we have responsibilities and we do have to do things. And and it's so important to help people. And hopefully you can find joy in doing that. But if you have different interests than people in your life and your cup has already been drained, to almost empty, it's okay to say, I don't think that I have the, um, bandwidth to do that. I think you should go and enjoy yourself. Um, Maybe so-and-so would want to go with you more and that would be something that's more in their wheelhouse or they might have the energy level to do that with you. I think you should ask them. And then do something that brings you joy to help you recharge. That's totally okay. And I'm sure you saying that will allow your friend or your family member or whoever else to realize that they have the ability to say that to you and then hopefully it'll help them feel a little more recharged later on down the line. All right. I think we did it. We've talked about rest and all the different ways. Now there are way more ways than just this to rest. This is sort of like an intro thing. And the sleep thing took a long time and that's okay. Um, I think talking about sleep is really important as I've learned and as I'm hoping you've now learned since then, um, sleep is not always easy. And so um, I think we talked about time blocking once before. Along with time blocking, you know, one really good thing to add is your wind down before bedtime and then your bedtime. And, um, I know it feels silly and and kind of, uh, frustrating when you're an adult to think about like, I have a bedtime, um, but it is really good to set something like that hard and fast as you're building a habit. So that becomes, uh, you have guidelines to make that habit become, um, a little bit easier. And, you know, again, do that with micro goals, start small, maybe it's all right. I am going to put my phone away five minutes before I get into bed just to move myself a little bit further from that blue light. And then maybe you make that time a little bit longer, or maybe you introduce, okay, I'm going to put my phone down and read in bed for five minutes. And you start to introduce new things, right? And use those micro goals to make that a successful habit. So along with, um, using the time blocking the micro goals, I do want to talk about one habit or response to being busy and feeling overworked and burnt out that I've recently learned about. And it's called like, it's like revenge, staying up late. I don't think that's the right word for it, but it's sort of this thing where you've put in your work, you've done maybe homework outside of school, et cetera. And now you're like, this is my time. This is my time. And then you don't get sleep because you're doing that. Use that time blocking And those micro goals to create moments throughout the week when you get to have time for you so you don't feel like you have no time for yourself because that is going to lead to a whole host of other problems. Um, And it's also not fun. So, yeah. Um, That's it. That's the episode. Um, Again, I'll be taking time off for Thanksgiving because I am going to rest. It's been a busy time of the semester. Um, and so I'll be resting and, and making sure that I'm ready to roll as we start back up uh, in, in December before the holidays and the new year. So take time to rest, uh, work on finding ways that you can add more rest into your schedule, make sure that you're getting a lot of sleep. And as always, it has been my absolute pleasure to chat with you here.